Hello, and welcome to the Her Voice podcast. I'm Kamel Caruso, your host and chief revenue officer of HerMD. We're a female forward wellness center committed to empowering women through comprehensive health, beauty, and wellness services. As you heard in some of our previous podcasts, Dr. Somi Javed founded HerMD five years ago with a very specific mission and business model. By bringing in medical aesthetics to complement her GYN and sexual health practice, she was able to treat the whole patient and operate under an insurance-based model. Medical aesthetics also gives her the ability to focus more on patient care by allowing more time with her patients. I'm joined today by Somi, as well as Katie Taylor, Senior Director, National Accounts for Candela Medical, to talk about how medical aesthetics can improve both your bottom line and patient care. We've worked with the Candela Medical team for years and have successfully incorporated the Quarantino Laser, the Nautilus System, Elos, and VelaShape into our practice. Welcome, Somi and Katie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Katie, we've never met officially in person, but I think I've known you for probably over a year now. Hopefully that day will come. Yes, um, hopefully over some, I think it was a truffle gnocchi that we had last time we were together, Dr. Javed. Oh, yes. You uh, um, are speaking mine and my sister's language. <laughs> we are all about the food. Mani's husband is actually Italian. Yeah. Um, his family is Sicilian. And he makes incredulous pasta. She kept a food diary all through Italy when they went and remembers all the restaurants. So definitely have to have some good eats in Cincinnati. And I know exactly where we would take you. Kathy is going to be so sad. She's not here today because (laughs) she went on an amazing truffle experience. She went to Italy, I think it was last summer, and they did this truffle tour with the pigs, I guess, who were like Uh sniffing out the truffles. And then they got them and like made their own truffle pasta. That's amazing. I think everyone on that trip was like, well, we would just go there for that again. (laughs) That's awesome. I love truffle. Truffle popcorn salt. I found truffle ketchup at Trader Joe's. It's, it's yeah, it's really good. I may need to train Daphne, our golden retriever to be a truffle dog. (laughs) (laughs) Daphne, you have a new calling. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah. yes. That is awesome. Now I'm like super hungry. <laughs> so we'll jump right into it. Let's just talk about medical aesthetics from like the 40,000 foot view. So Katie, when someone asks you how medical aesthetics differs from general aesthetics, because I think there are some people who just probably think they're very similar. What do you tell them? Medical aesthetics differs from general aesthetics in that the treatments or products being used typically require them to be performed under the direction of a medical director. In some states, it has to be an MD. In other states, it could be an MD or an NP. But while many of the medical aesthetics treatments performed can have greater rates of success, they are also accompanied with greater risk. And this risk requires that the FDA provides guidance as well. For example, facials and skincare can be performed by a spa as per the regulations of the cosmetology board of that state. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you introduce things like pharmaceutical grade chemical peels or and other skincare treatments, you need oversight by a medical director. Same thing goes for devices. Furthermore, the use of lasers and energy based devices in many states is actually considered the practice of medicine and therefore must either be performed by a physician or delegated to someone deemed fit by the overseeing physician or medical director. Regarding the FDA, lasers and other devices used to deliver energy to the tissue must be FDA cleared in order to legally be used in the United States. 
This means they have to have shown both efficacy and safety or demonstrated equivalence to a predicate device already cleared by the FDA. Again, this differs from a lot of home use devices or spa mm-hmm. devices where FDA oversight is not provided. Therefore, you'll typically find medical aesthetics offered in a medical practice, such as a plastic surgeon, a dermatologist, OBGYN, or even a family practice doctor, or a medical spa with physician oversight. Whereas a day spa, hair salon, nail salon, resort spas, department stores, etc., they're more likely to only offer general aesthetic treatments. Got it. So that's a, I mean, that's a big difference that you just outlined there. And I think a lot of people are not really aware of those differences. And so, Somi, when you started to look into medical aesthetics, because you had a pretty clear vision when you started your practice that medical aesthetics was going to be a part of the practice, what were some of the things you considered when you were looking at different devices and services? And what are some things that you think doctors should consider when they're doing the same? So I looked at a couple different things. So Mm -hmm. first of all, I looked at what areas of the body and what I wanted to treat. So Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted something to address facial concerns, laxity, acne scarring, uh, pigmentation problems. So Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted a face device. And then obviously, a lot of women want body treatments. So they want to address cellulite or excess fat or toning. So I knew that I wanted a body device as well. And then being a gynecologist and understanding a limitation of a lot of the medications that are out there, I knew that I also wanted a vaginal device Mm -hmm. to help with dryness, pain, incontinence. So those were my three buckets when I was first Mm -hmm. starting out that I wanted to address. And then I think the most important thing, and you know, Katie referred to a few of them, is understanding the difference between a quote unquote medi spa versus mm-hmm. a full blown medical spa. And I was operating with my medical license, and so I knew I could have stronger, better, more effective lasers. But I also, the science was huge. And that's why I love the relationship we have with Candela is that I wanted to make sure that the data was there, right? Because mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that the claims were truly being met. And I wanted to make sure that it was gonna be effective and safe as I was choosing devices before and after pictures, reviews, all of that was huge. And that's where doctors don't always do their due diligence because they're busy and they're busy seeing patients. So they meet with someone and they may not do their homework and check out everything. So those were the most important things. Areas you wanna treat, efficacy of the device, and then obviously safety of the device. And so I'm going to dive deeper into the efficacy part, because I think that's really important. So can you talk about, you know, when you were looking at some of the devices, what types of things you were looking for in terms of efficacy? So I did a couple of different things. I talked to key opinion leaders. You know, I'm a key opinion leader myself for a few different companies, including Candela. So these are physicians who have worked with the products one-on-one, and you're not hearing from someone who is directly employed by the company, but someone who is treating patients and wants best care practices for them. And so I made sure I talked to all the KOLs. And then companies have differing degrees of data. You know, you'll look at some devices and they'll have three papers. And then you'll look at some other devices and they're like, we have 80 published papers and Mm -hmm. we have followed out patients for six years, eight years, 10 years. And so you want to look at how much research and money have these devices actually spent 
Um, and then you want to look at before and after pictures and not just from the company. You want to go on real self. You want to find independent reviews, right? The fourth thing you want to do is look at the FDA clearances for these devices and how much work have these companies done? Is it just the bare minimum? Or, you know, have they gone above and beyond and resubmitted data and they're really trying to further the FDA clearance? Mm -hmm. So I think doctors who are new to this need to look at all four of those things. They just can't meet with a company once and decide, well, that's your device. Because before I met with Candela, you know, facial devices, almost every single major aesthetic company has a face device. A lot of companies now have vaginal devices. A lot of companies have body devices. So you have mm -hmm. to pick what's right for you and for your patient population. So we offer medical aesthetics within a GYN practice. Some people have asked us when they're inquiring about HerMD and what we do, they see it as a bit contrary to our mission of empowering women. We see aesthetics as an important component to women's overall health and wellness. So Somi, talk a little bit more about that connection that we see between the practice and the med spa and why women seek out aesthetics when they're being treated by us medically. First of all, our patients love the fact that there's always a physician or a provider in the office. And when they're newer to aesthetics, they feel a lot more comfortable having services done in a setting where there is a full-blown medical practice. So they know that, God forbid, if there is a complication, it happens even in the best of hands, that there's an array of professionals that are there to help them deal with it. And it's not an off-site medical director who's 200 miles away. So that's first off. Second of all, the way it fits into our mission is that we know that women feel better about themselves with their hormones and their sexual health. They feel more confident and they want that to reflect on the outside. So where it fits in is in our office, we don't tell people, well, you need this facial laser or you have to have this, you know, vaginal laser. Women are coming to us and saying, well, now my libido's back and I have sexual pain. Other than the medications, is there anything else you can offer? Well, yes, we have this vaginal laser. It works really well for that. You know, I've treated over 2,500 patients and these are the results. A woman, at the, it was a really cute story. She had vaginal laser. She was having, you know, sex again. And then she was making an appointment on the spa side to get Botox and filler. And I said, hey, lady, what are you doing over there? And uh, she said, well, Dr. Gervais, my face has got to match my vagina now. And I just started laughing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like a cute story yeah. of, you know, she was like, this is how I feel. I feel young. I feel empowered. I feel good. And I want it to reflect on the outside. You know, some of my favorite patient stories, mommy, you know, the ones and Katie I've shared with you is our cancer patients who lose a lot of weight during their therapy. And their oncologist will write them a note because they know that we have doctors and, and nurse practitioners in our office, and they're like, if they want to get filler or they want Botox and they want to look really good for their family photos or their events that they're going to be sharing, they can come in and do it safely in our office. And it is so empowering to watch these women reclaim control over a part of their life that's been taken away from them. They don't look mm -hmm. the same and they want to get back to their best self. So our spa is not about looking like someone in a magazine mm -hmm. or looking like someone in an ad. It's about women getting back to the place where they felt like they were their best selves. Yeah. I mean, I've been fortunate to meet some of them. Like I've said at some of the events that we've had celebrating, you know, our anniversary or et cetera. And they 
are all just so happy and they feel good about themselves. And, you know, when they first come to us, you know, many of them, because they've been suffering for so long, don't feel so great. And so that healing takes place, you know, internally and then externally as well. So Katie, I know you work with a lot of providers as well. Have they also been seeing this type of trend? Yes. And I completely agree with everything Dr. Javade said. I think we're all familiar with the old adage, when you look good, you feel good. Mm -hmm. And I think even in this current age of female empowerment, it's okay to admit and embrace that. We can be strong, independent, confident women and still take pride in our appearance. And that's okay. The beautiful thing about the treatments we offer with our energy-based devices at Candela is that we're just using energy, often Mm -hmm. heat, to help restore skin to what it once was. We're not inherently changing the way someone looks, but helping their body naturally. These devices help the body to stimulate the creation of collagen or elastin and help the skin appear more youthful. They can also help the body to break up pigment or close off vessels that have developed due to sun damage. It's not about changing who you are. It's about being the best that you can be. And that's really empowerment right there. Also, I have found working in this industry that once the conversation has started, women feel much more open talking about topics that would typically be considered taboo. Like, Katie, do you think your hair removal device can help me get rid of my mustache? I've literally had cousins that have asked me that. And uh, they never would have brought it up before. But now that they know I'm in the industry and have some knowledge about it, it's like the conversations just open like floodgates. I even had a woman once approach me in the airport. It was actually the Cincinnati airport, Dr. Javade, about women's health after she overheard me talking about the core. And she was so apologetic, but she was like, I just have to know what treatment you're talking about. So being empowered doesn't mean you no longer feel a need to look your best, but rather it means you're empowered to speak up for the things you want. At the end of the day, we're just really helping people feel more confident and comfortable in their skin. Our job is just to start the conversation and the rest will follow. Katie, you're after my heart when you said, I mean, you're talking to a brown girl who is hairy, <laughs> for like such a long time. Yeah. We were like, get rid of my mustache. I was like, yes, I totally relate to that person. Yeah, um, absolutely. Those grandma yeah. for those jeans. Yeah. That's a real problem. I'm on zoom so much now. And I just see my angry 11s, these things on my forehead. And I'm like, I gotta get that. <laughs> and so Katie, funny. I did not point that out. She looks at it and keeps pointing out to me every single I do. time. So I'm like, you need to fly out. You know, COVID has limited her visits and obviously now she's going to start traveling. So I'm like, yeah. we will take care of it once you come out here, but I cannot do that virtually. Come back for Botox and truffle. I know. That's what I'm going to have to do. That sounds amazing. I want to yeah. sign up for that. Yeah. Yes. That okay. Sounds- that's your next event. Yeah. Oh, Botox and truffles. That's a really good idea. Yeah. So So me, you talked a little bit about what devices when you were doing, you know, your research, some of the things that you were looking into, let's kind of tack onto that, the financial aspect as well. So medical aesthetics we've talked about before have supported the practice from the financial side. And I know many providers may see the price tag of a device and not see their ROI that can come from that device. We know and this is one, another reason why medical aesthetics helps us is that it's one of the fastest growing industries right now. And you talked about it being very patient driven. So let's talk about that crossover and like dig in a little bit deeper on why you think this has been so successful. Well, without 
sharing too much of our current <laughs> proprietary information. You know, I had a doctor come up to me and said, oh, I have this laser. I've had it for two years and I've done one. And I looked at her and she goes, well, how many have you done? And I said, well, I'm closing in on over 2,500. And her jaw dropped. And she's like, well, how are you doing that? And I right. think for us, it's because it's patient driven. I've always told my staff and there's unique training at our centers I don't want women to feel like they're going in to buy a used car, right? That is not what the HerMD right. mantra is about. So it's patient choice. And obviously you're bringing in things that work very, very well. And so for us, we're blessed with that 90% crossover. Patients are incentivized and that's our HerMD proprietary information of how we invite them over to the spa. But the other thing that we're very big on is educational events. They're free. We invite people, we make them fun, and it's basically a girl's night out. And anytime we introduce a new device or a therapy or treatment options, even medications, we throw these big nights and we have been known to bring in a couple hundred patients and they come and they hear about, you know, everything we have to offer. And that way they're not being sold something. They're mm -hmm. actually gaining information and education about the newest, latest, greatest technology. And I think that's how we do things very differently with HerMD. It's mm -hmm. all about education and patient choice and in a very, very beautiful setting. So I think that's the other thing that really sets us apart, right? Like if you come into our office, there's chandeliers and real furniture and, you know, women feel very, very comfortable. You know, we invite them to this warm environment and they just feel good. And I think that's the difference that we've done at our center. And so Katie, what have you seen in your provider's practices when they bring devices in and, you know, the ROI and what they should be considering when purchasing a device or a service? I think the most important thing to consider when bringing on a new device in an existing practice is, does it fit my current patient population? Yes. Are patients, are my patients looking for this type of treatment? Is it the right treatment for them? Will they pay for it? If it doesn't, that's okay. However, you need to know that upfront. I think the biggest mistake practices can make is to think if I buy it, they will come. <laughs> and that's just not realistic. If your current patient population doesn't have a need for the treatment, it's up for you to determine how you will recruit new patients. So it might be a hot new treatment on the market. You might see advertisements or things for it, um, but you really have to know that, that those are the patients you have in your, in your practice, or if they're not, where you'll find those patients. So that's the first thing to consider. Once you know that, then you can realistically look at what your ROI could be and about how many patients you'll see per month, et cetera. The next thing to consider will be, how will I differentiate myself from other practices offering these same services? So just like Dr. Javade mentioned, you know, doing educational events, things like that, because there's a good chance many of your patients are already going to other practices for these services but they know you and trust you. So show them the value you offer in comparison to the, the other place that they may be going. Maybe with every photofacial treatment your practice does, you provide them with a skincare regimen to ensure they get the most out of their results. Maybe with every treatment you do for fat reduction, you're offering VeloShape to improve outcomes. Or maybe every microneedling treatment gets paired with a hydrofacial or a regular facial, something like that. You get the idea. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I think when you said, if you buy it, you know, or bring it, they will come like, you cannot have that device just in your office and like, 
there'll be a line out the door. I think yeah. that's where that other doctor that Dr. Vade mentioned, she just thought if I bought it, the patients will show up. Right. But she obviously didn't have the same educational opportunities or same relationships with their patients or the right population for it. And that's why it's just sitting there. So those are things you really need to consider during and, and before bringing on a device. And I think the other thing that is instrumental is that, you know, all the companies help you with post sales and they bring in someone to help you with marketing. And a lot of them will have media kits. HerMD has created all that as well. But what Kamal or Mani, sorry, is very familiar with is what's going to work for our population. And so the first thing that we discussed was, I hate bikini pictures. I think they're very off-putting. I think there's a lot of patients who will never wear a bikini because they elect not to. And why set that as a goal if that's not what their goal is? I remember we had a, you know, a poster once up from a, another company and patients complained and we took it down and this was our first year. And so I think the other thing too is what message are you sending to your patients and knowing your patient population very well? No, that's hundred percent correct. All right. So you mentioned the core intima several times. So let's jump into that. We've had some educational nights and post those we've had women wait months to get in with you to get this procedure done. You've done over 2,500. And we've heard patient stories that it's life-changing for them. Let's talk more about that. So what I want to make clear is mm -hmm. these are my experiences with my patients, and this is not Candela dating or making these claims. But this is obviously off-label treatments because I am so seasoned with this laser. So I just want to make that clear. But for me, I have used the core intima to treat GSM, which is genital urinary symptoms of menopause. So dryness, stress incontinence, which is, you know, um, leaking with cough and sneeze. I have also published a poster and did a study on a condition called lichen sclerosis. Lichen sclerosis is a very debilitating skin condition that peaks either in adolescence, so when estrogen levels are low, and then again in postmenopausal patients. We don't quite understand why some women get it and others don't, but basically there's very little as far as traditional treatments. Steroids and immune modulators are what are typically used, mm -hmm. but basically women get this scarring of the tissue, whitening of the tissue. So it affects the vulva, the labia, the clitoris. Mm -hmm. They lose their architecture. Their anatomy looks completely different and they start to lose the ability to handle any pressure on that. So if they're bike riders, if they're spinners, if they're equestrians, they start to lose the ability to enjoy their daily mm -hmm. activities. Obviously, intercourse becomes very, very painful. This tissue becomes sclerosed. I mean, lichen sclerosis and tears. So intercourse for a lot of patients either becomes completely impossible or just very, very painful. And so what we did in this clinical study was we took women who were resistant to traditional treatments, meaning they had tried everything. So we're not saying laser is first line therapy at all. And when I say we, I mean her MD, so I mean and so these were women who had tried everything that we should try first. Mm -hmm. And they had come to us and we looked at their decrease in pain and help with, you know, their symptoms that they were having. It was pretty mind blowing, the uh, results. Now the study was small. There were about 10 patients, but we have pictures all throughout the process. So visibly the mm -hmm. skin looked completely different. 
And the patient, for example, who was a horseback rider in the study who was not able to ride for a few years was, is back to riding horses. The one patient who was not having sex at all returned to sexual function. Our study was limited to just the external handpiece, not the internal handpiece. I would love to do some more clinical trials with that. And obviously, it's not FDA cleared to treat incontinence or GSM or even dyspareunia. These are all things for the future or even lichen sclerosis. But clinically, it is being done. And in the correct patient, it is pretty effective. And I think it's really exciting for what the future of this device holds for women's gynecologic and sexual health care. Let's circle back to the core intima treatment. I want to go further into what patients are coming to us for and what problem we're solving for them. So once again, this is what we do in our office. The number one reason they're coming to me for this is sexual pain. And it's either because they have failed their hormones, vaginal hormones, because that's a traditional treatment, right? Vaginal hormones. They have failed their hormones. It's incomplete reaction to the hormone, meaning it's a little bit better, but not quite where it used to be. They can't afford their hormones. Some patients, their hormones are hundreds of dollars per month. So cost, the laser actually is more cost effective. Some women have underlying conditions where they're not allowed to have any hormones, even vaginal hormones. So if they have particular types of cancers or they have a clotting disorder, sometimes their doctors are not okay with hormonal treatments. And sometimes, frankly, convenience. Like a woman will say to me, Dr. Jabate, I don't want to insert something vaginally every night or twice a week. I just want this to be done. And so typically in our office, they get two to three treatments about four weeks apart. This is what we do. This is our protocol. And then once a year for maintenance. And you can imagine that's a lot easier and more convenient than having to put something, you know, in nightly. And a lot of times they'll use it as an adjunct as well with hormones because there have been studies done with other devices just showing that CO2 laser plus hormone gives patients great results. And the second most common reason they're coming to me is for the incontinence. And this device is not FDA cleared or approved for any type of incontinence, but clinically I've seen great improvement with patients. I had a a patient who was a drug rep and she normally drives to the Carolinas from Ohio. And she said, typically she would have to stop four or five times to urinate. Otherwise she would unfortunately have incontinence or pee on herself. And she said after she had the treatment, she only had to stop once. And so I'm not recommending not urinating, okay, and holding your bladder. But, you know, obviously flushing it out is good for you. But she was so thrilled. And for her, that was so nice for her job and not having to stop numerous times. Or, you know, women who are um, urinating on, on themselves during jumping on a trampoline with their children or in yoga class. So it's, it's really nice for those patients And then, you know, women who are just having dryness and then obviously the lichen sclerosis. So those are all the conditions we're treating them for. And a lot of them honestly are finding us either from the educational events or from the patients have treated and they go and they tell their girlfriends over a glass of wine, you have to have this done. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it's uh, improving our patient's quality of life. We've also seen a lot of success with the Nordlist system. So Katie, can you just Tell us a little bit about what the Nordalis system is. The Nordalis system is a multifunctional device that offers 21 different treatment indications. So it's great for, you know, practices that are starting out wanting to bring on an energy-based device, but want multiple revenue streams and treatment options for their patients. 
It's based on three foundational technologies, ellipse IPL or intense pulse light, which differs from a laser in that we are using a band of light versus one specific wavelength of light. The FRAX 1550, which is a non-ablative fractional laser, so that is a single wavelength at 1550 nanometers, and an NDYAG 1064 nanometer laser. With the IPL, you're typically treating benign pigmented lesions, rosacea, telangiectasia, poikiloderma, or you can also do IPL hair removal. Mm-hmm. The FRAX 1550 is used for improving skin texture through skin resurfacing. So think like acne scars and wrinkles. And the NDYAG is more for specialized vascular treatments, mm-hmm. spider veins, nasal vessels, cherry angiomas, et cetera, where you're treating more discrete vessels versus an entire area. So Somi, when you started investigating and researching the Nordlist, what was it about the system that made you want to decide to bring it into the practice? So at this point, you know, we were already four years into our medical spa and I had already had great success with my other Candela devices for the face and getting great results. But as you get more experienced and more seasoned and you grow, we wanted more aggressive treatments. And what we Mm -hmm. love about Candela is they're user-friendly, number one. That's what you Mm -hmm. want to look at. Number two is the safety. They have such great safety mechanisms built in. Some of their lasers will not fire if the surface temperature is too hot. So you get Mm real-time feedback. And let me tell you, when we were first opening our medical spa, that was huge. Not a lot of other devices have that type of technology. And so as we wanted to get more aggressive, our nurse practitioner was at a conference and saw this device and said, I have to have this. She saw the before (laughs) and after pictures. And we know that Candela does their due diligence with all of the science. We talked to someone who had the device and they could not say enough positive things about this. And so we quickly then brought the device in and the training was a no brainer for us because we were already so familiar with Candela technology and our patients have been beyond thrilled with the results. Yeah. The feedback on the Norlis has been fantastic. A lot of people just can't believe the results they're getting from, from an IPL platform. And I think the typical curse of multifunctional systems is that they do everything okay, but nothing extremely well. But that's just not the case at all with Nordalis, especially with vascular treatments. Many IPL devices will struggle with vascular treatments as they don't have short enough pulse durations to get the finer vessels. But Nordalis rivals even our V-beam pulse dilator, which is considered to be the gold standard for vascular treatments. So if you're considering a multifunctional device, it's important to find one that can yield impressive results, no matter which indication you're treating. And that's certainly the case with Nordalis. When we brought in the Core Intima, the Nordalis and the Shape as well, we were one of the first practices in our area. So I mean, how do you think that really helped the practice from growing and bringing in new patients? So, you know, we have a great established base Mm -hmm. uh, of patients, but obviously when they're Googling devices, our patients are very savvy. And when you bring in a new device and you're willing to take a chance on being first to market, Mm -hmm. you will benefit from that as long as the device is safe and effective. We saw a huge ROI with our patients and a huge bump in new patients we were bringing in. And then because we are that duality of spa 
and office, we also see a bump in our medical side because patients then are like, oh, well, if I'm going to get this done, can I just get everything done here? Mm -hmm. And it's so satisfying to see that. And, you know, what I didn't share is for our office, about 66% of our entire revenue is our medical spot. So you can see how that is so beneficial because then on the medical side, our providers are not having to see 50 patients a day. They don't even have to see 25 if they don't want to. And that really allows for amazing sound medical care where patients get 40 to 60 minutes in a room with a provider and they are Mm -hmm. heard and they are understood and they're advocated for. And so Katie, I know you work with other physicians as well. How have you seen some of these products and services most successfully incorporated into their practices? Not only is it critical to understand your patient population for a particular treatment ahead of time, it's also critical to know who's going to be performing the treatment and who's going to be consulting with the treatment. For example, you would never have an IUD placed without first getting some questions answered. So you also can't assume that patients will know everything about what an IPL treatment does or what body shaping is, or even how laser hair removal works. They've probably done their research enough to decide which treatment they think they need, but you still are going to have to answer some questions. Mm -hmm. So having every person on your staff that interacts with patients is going to be absolutely critical. Imagine if you called an office to inquire about a treatment and the person who answered the phone kept saying, I don't really know, or I'm Mm -hmm. not sure in response to questions, it wouldn't instill much confidence, would it? After hanging up, you're probably going to call the next practice on the list to see if they seem to know what they're doing. So The first rule is that you can't overlook anyone in your office when it comes Mm -hmm. to launching a new treatment. Everybody needs to be trained. Everyone needs to know how the treatment works and how to answer questions that patients are going to ask. The second part is almost all energy-based device treatments right now are cash pay or out of pocket. Mm -hmm. With the exception of some scar treatments and Fort Weinstein treatments, these are cash-based procedures. Mm -hmm. So if you're new to these types of treatments, your staff needs to be comfortable asking for money when doing consults and booking treatments. The funny thing is many patients are completely willing to pay out of pocket for laser hair removal or something if they know they won't have to shave anymore, but will fight you on a copay if they don't think they're supposed to have one. But if your staff is not comfortable talking about treatment costs, then the patient will become uncomfortable. And lastly, you must understand who is going to be doing the treatments and ensure they are well-trained and well-suited for the treatment. If the staff member doing the treatment doesn't feel comfortable performing the treatment or doesn't like doing the treatment, if they dread days that they have that particular treatment, they're most likely not going to talk about that treatment or offer it. And therefore, not as many treatments will be booked. So that's absolutely critical too. finding the right fit in terms of your staff for doing a certain treatment and also make sure making sure they're properly trained. so They feel absolutely comfortable doing the treatment as well as talking about it with patients. I think the other thing that a lot of physicians may miss is they don't want to spend treating their own staff, which is a mistake because I don't think staff can talk about it. You can get beautiful before and afters and you're uh, a lot of times your patients will talk to your staff and be like, Hey, 
you guys have that really nice new laser. Have you had any treatment or do you know anyone who did? And they want to hear what does it feel like? Like telling a patient a generic, well, it feels like a rubber band snapping on your face. I mean, they want to know what it really feels like, right? And have you had it done? And so for me as a woman, it's really nice too. They're like, Dr. Bate, have you had this? I'm like, yes, I've had this. Yes, I've had this. Yes. You know, if they ask me, I'm able to share my experiences and that actually normalizes it for them. The cash piece, Katie, is huge. You know, you know that derms and plastic surgeons are very comfortable with money, but OBGYNs and internists, not so much because Mm -hmm. it traditionally has not been part of our model and no one teaches us that. And so that's the other thing that we have really nailed down and become very effective at. And there's just no questions asked. It's kind of like the way it is. And I agree with you. People are more uncomfortable with a copay than they are (laughs) with their payments for spouse services. Absolutely. And the person, the personal experience thing is so huge too. I'm glad you brought that up, Dr. Javade. I can't tell you how many times I've, you know, told a complete stranger, feel my arm, you know, and they feel my arm and it's silky smooth. I'm like, that's my, my, my arms, my legs are like that all the time. And they're like, oh my gosh, I want that. You know, so tying in that personal element is so key. It's, it resonates so much more to hear from someone that's had that treatment done themselves and can give you their personal experience versus you know, someone in a study or whatnot. Yes, we need to look at the studies for, you know, when we're researching devices and for safety and efficacy and things like that. But those personal stories are are so huge. I've had almost every one of our treatments done, you know, if not once, several times. And the ones I haven't had done myself, my mom has done. So then I, I speak about her experience and, and how many, you know, what the downtime or the experience or the comfort level was like for her. So that that is just so key, um, tying in that that personal level. Like when you're at a restaurant and you ask the staff, like, well, should I get the chicken or the beef? And they're like, oh, I haven't tried either. Do you, you know, do you trust them if they haven't eaten at their own restaurant, you know? So it's kind of, kind of like that. So we talk a lot today about medical aesthetics and this has been such a great conversation. I do want to say, if you do want to hear more about the core intimate treatment and about the study on lichen sclerosis, SOMI will be speaking about that at our upcoming sexual health summit, which is on June 26th. So if you'd like to register and hear that talk and a review of that data, you can do so at hermdhealth.com slash events. But thank you so much again for your time, ladies, today. It has been great. Katie, I'll have to tell you, that was a lot of fun. That was fun. Thank you so much for having me. This episode of Her Voice has been a production of HerMD, a female forward wellness center in Cincinnati, Ohio. You can follow HerMD on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HerMD Health and sign up for a newsletter at HerMDHealth.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, we hope you'll share it with your friends. They can listen to us on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you're a healthcare provider who is interested in opening a HerMD location, or if you already have your own practice and you'd like to be powered by HerMD, reach out to us at info at HerMDHealth.com. 